I'm Lieutenant Joe Pangaro. I've been a cop for 27 years. I like to say I got a backstage pass to life. Well, guess what? I got some tickets for you. So come on in, pull up a chair, turn up that volume, and let's go. Chasing Justice is on. Hello, everyone, and here we go for another rousing get-together with Lieutenant Joe. So, when you think of a safe and secure society, you think of a time when you could go out for dinner in a city like Philadelphia or New York or San Francisco or Los Angeles or any of the other beautiful American cities that we are privileged to have. You could go out with your wife, your girlfriend, your husband, your boyfriend, whoever, whoever you have, your significant other, whoever that may be, and enjoy a night on the town, as they say, right? Get some cocktails, walk around a beautiful city, admire the street life, talk to people, have a nice dinner, go to a show, whatever. That was safe and secure. You didn't get robbed, beaten, raped, or otherwise injured just because you were there. We are in a time when that is no longer true. Now, there's lots of, lots of reasons I think people will give for this. But we're all pretending. We are all pretending. Our society has become a society of pretend. We pretend about reality. We pretend about truth. We twist facts to match what we want to believe or what we want others to believe. It is not healthy. It is not mentally sound. And we can see the chaos that is happening in our society. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't come to solutions. We can't come to compromises. We can't come to agreements about how we need to move forward on a whole host of topics. But the way we're doing it is convoluted. The way we're doing things is we're demanding that we ignore facts, we ignore reality, we ignore truth, and we go with new ideas, new thoughts, new things of how we want things to be as opposed to how things really are. Now, what topics am I talking about? These are the topics that are on your mind, that are on everyone's mind today, and and one of the reasons we're in such a position of confusion. So let's look at the, the world of safety and security as we started out talking about here. We have a society now that is overwhelmed by criminal activity. So it was interesting. I was looking up some facts doing a little preparation here for, uh, for the show, for some ideas, what I wanted to talk about. And I come across a report by mainstream media. And they be very, very subtle how they do things. You know, and if you're not paying attention uh, to what's going on, how you're being manipulated at every moment, and again, this is part of the confusion and why things are, are inappropriate. It was a story about crime. Now, we've just seen a major looting in the uh, shopping area, the downtown area of the city of Philadelphia. Now, there was a police officer that shot an individual during a car stop. 
there was a trial and the officer was acquitted. The officer did nothing wrong, even though someone ended up dead. You know, there's a reality to that. If the officer just simply walked up and said, I'm going to murder this person, then the officer should be arrested and prosecuted for murder. If the officer was doing his job and this individual created circumstances that led to them getting shot, well, that's the person's fault, not the officer's fault for doing their job. Remember, the officers, while they may be individual people, when I was a law enforcement officer, I was an individual. I was Joe Pangaro. But at the same time, I represented something bigger than that. I represented my community. I was there for a reason. I didn't just decide to, hey, give me a gun and a badge and a uniform. I'm going to be a cop and do whatever I want. I went out there because society demands that we have law and order, that we live in an ordered society. Otherwise, it is chaos, which is exactly what we're seeing on our streets every single day. And in Philadelphia, it's interesting because you could see how things are are presented to us. So anyway, let me, let me go back to this mainstream media report about crime. And I'll get back to my thoughts on Philadelphia in a second. They were showing you that Americans think crime is up. And crime really is not up. Crime is down. If we look 2005 to 2016, we see that there was a huge drop in crime, in aggravated assaults, in murder. We saw that people's opinions of crime went down. And then they showed you two graph lines, one red and one blue. And they said, the reality is that crime is low. And it was the red line going down. Said, but many people believe crime is up. I'm sorry, it was the blue line going down. Sorry, it was the blue line going down. But many people believe crime is up, and it was the red line. Now, who's designated by red and blue in the mainstream media? Red are Republicans, conservatives. Blue are progressive liberals. So they're showing you a, a subliminal message here that crime is really down. Everybody knows that. But Republicans think it's up, and they're talking about crime being, and crime is not up. The other thing, they're using statistics uh, back to 2016. They're not using what's going on in the last three years. They didn't use those statistics. Instead of, why, why 2016? Now, I know that there's a lag in statistics, uh, especially for, for things like uh, criminal stuff. But the FBI keeps year-to-year records. They could have easily gone to, let's look at from 2016 to 2022. And I believe you would have seen the spike in crime because we hear about it every day. Because if not, you're crazy to think that there's crime on the rise. You're crazy to think that uh, you can't walk down the street and not be raped, robbed, beat over the head, shoved on a, a, off a, a, a subway platform. Right? You're crazy to think that. And that's what they were trying to show you. Then they showed you the states with the lowest crime and they showed uh, Vermont uh, New Hampshire, and a couple other ones, and they colored them blue. And they said, cities with a lot of crime, Tennessee, and they showed uh, Tennessee, uh, Louisiana, and someplace else, all colored in red. Crime is much, much higher in those locations. See, so Republicans are creating the crime, right? Democrat states, uh, liberal states, they're, they're very safe. They're, they're nice. And Republicans are just imagining this, making it up. The whole story behind that, that I got, that I saw from it, that I discerned from their article. They used bad statistics to paint a picture because what are we all talking about now? 
that President Biden and his policies and liberal progressive policies have led to a spike in crime, a dangerous wave of criminal activity across the country that is causing death and destruction for many American citizens. And we're all talking about it. And that's a negative to Joe Biden and his reelection bid or the Democrats maintaining power. So what we're seeing is that these media outlets are trying to shape the reality. No, no, you're, you're, you're wrong. There's, there's no, it's not really going on. You're imagining it. Well, I don't know how many people saw the video the other night of a, a man walking up an alley and he was brutally beaten and robbed and it was all on video brutally beaten and robbed for no reason he didn't start a fight with somebody he didn't shoot somebody he didn't kill somebody illegally he was simply walking up the street and he was brutally beaten and we all saw that and not a sound was made then we see philadelphia erupts in this downtown uh violence after there was a trial where the police officer who killed an individual during a traffic stop was found not guilty. Now, we have faith in our court system to some extent, but at the same time, the, the politics of the day is causing uncertainty among all of our institutions. Do we trust the FBI today like we did 10 years ago? Do we trust the Department of Justice today like we did 10 years ago? Do we trust anything? Do we trust our medical experts like we did 10 years ago? No, because everything has been politicized and everything has a goal in mind. So in Philadelphia, uh, there was a peaceful protest. Now they talk about, uh, the media talks about dog whistles and code words and all these other things. When you hear peaceful protest, what comes to mind? Well, when I think about peaceful protest, I remember the news reports of a news reporter standing in one of these cities that were being destroyed in 2020 by rioters, burning, looting, smashing windows, assaulting people, killing people. And I remember the news reporter standing there. It's mostly peaceful as the buildings behind him are burning in flames. Again, this is a perception. They're trying to create the perception that it's, it's, just, it's just a little fire. Somebody started a fire, but it's really mostly peaceful. Well, this is what they were saying in Philadelphia, the news reports. It was mostly peaceful protest in another part of town, but uh, a bunch of youth, a hundred masked youths, descended on the downtown shopping area, uh, you know, Chestnut Street. And if you've ever been to Philly, Chestnut and, and Market, uh, beautiful areas, um, Broad Street, Market, this is where it's restaurants, shops, high-end places. 100 masked youths. Well, the police put out a, a statement, uh, the mayor's office put out a statement that said, uh, the looting and the rioting that took place, uh, the attack on the stores, had nothing to do whatsoever with the acquittal. Now, there's a couple reasons that they could say that. One would be it really had nothing to do with that. And you would say, okay, well, maybe that's true. Maybe it had nothing to do. Maybe these group of youths, masked youths, 
um, simply uh, decided they wanted to loot and steal because they see it happening in all these other big cities and nobody gets in trouble. You bust into a, a, an Apple store and you steal everything in the store. You get thousands of dollars worth of stuff. And uh, there's no repercussions. You don't get in trouble. You don't get, you don't get arrested. You know, you know, nothing happens. You get to keep it, right? Maybe that's one thing. Maybe there was no connection. Then uh, you say to yourself, okay, the other reason they might be saying that is because they don't want to in, incite more violence by saying this, uh, this looting incident uh, on multiple stores in the downtown area uh, happened. Uh, they don't want to say it happened because there was an acquittal in the shooting uh, case because that might get more people out in the street to do more looting. Yes, yes, yeah, we are mad. We are, we are, we are upset. We don't like the justice, so I'm going to go steal Lululemon pants. You know, that's going to make things correct. Or, number three, um, they're just lying to you. Now, what's the evidence for that? Well, I watched a news report from Philadelphia in front of one of the looted stores, and they were talking to a security officer. And the security officer says, well, you know, after the acquittal of the guy that killed the guy, uh, a lot of the youths were very upset. And uh, they descended down here uh, and decided to, uh, to do what they did because uh, the protest, it was a protest after the protest, they were very upset. And this is why they went and did this. So to say, for the mayor's office and, and the police to say, there's no evidence whatsoever that this was related to the acquittal. Well, right off the bat, the first guy they talked to, uh, and he seemed to have some inside information. Um, yeah, of course it was. That's what it was related to. But is it related to that? Is that really what happens here? Or is it like all the other confusion in our society? Is it an excuse to go and commit criminal activity? Now, I am against injustice. I don't like injustice when it happens to anyone. I do not like someone to be killed for an inappropriate reason. See, and, and, I, and I do parse that word. Um, an inappropriate reason. If a police officer stops you and you pull a gun on the police officer and you get killed, then you deserve that. You shouldn't have done it. You shouldn't have pulled a gun on a cop. That, that's not how it goes. You don't want to be arrested. Oh, well, you get an attorney and you fight that. You don't shoot at the officer. Because if you do, you might get yourself killed. And that would say, well, you know, that's a shame that someone died. I would feel bad that someone died. But they brought it upon themselves. Uh, you break into someone's house, intent to rape and rob them, and they produce a weapon and shoot and kill you. It is, it is terrible that someone lost their life. But uh, this person was bringing it on themselves. See, we've kind of lost this whole perspective of what it means. We have our, our society is so confused and the messaging that we've gotten from leadership of our country is that you don't have to follow the law. The laws are bad. Laws are racist. Laws hate you. Laws are only made for the elite people in society. Uh, they're not made for, for anyone else. They're made to get you. So therefore, you don't have to follow law. You don't have to follow the law. You don't have to listen to the police because the police are bad. The police are there to kill you. That's why the police are there. They're there to kill you. So therefore, you don't have to listen to the police. You can fight back against the police. You can, you can shoot the police. You can run from the police. You can resist arrest. It's all justified. Because our society, our system is so bad, it's a rebellion. 
That's, that's part of the confusion. We have other parts of our society where people are trying to find out who they are. They're in a struggle. We've all gone through that struggle, right? You may remember, you may not remember. As a young person, as you started to develop into a, to an adult from a young person, you try to find out who you are. What are you all about? What do you believe? How do you perceive the world? And that can be very confusing. And the way we handle that confusion is we help people to understand the world, right? We teach people truth. We teach them reality. If there is something that's wrong in the world, we should address it and talk about it and say, I understand this is giving you anxiety. This is giving you a problem. But here's how we can work on it as a people to find a place so that everyone can understand and that we can find out who we are. That's a reasonable response. We don't have that now. What we have is more confusion. Science, follow the science. As long as the science states what the group in power wants to be said, then the science is great. When the science goes against that, then we hear the science is biased, the science is evil, the science is made up, the science is not true. Even if the truth would make you uncomfortable. Right? So we have all this confusion in our society everywhere. And instead of talking these things out and trying to understand people and where they are in their lives, in what they want out of life, how they can move forward, how we can have acceptance, how we can all grow in our mind about the world. Instead of that, we are demanded. There's only one point of view. And the people in power will determine that point of view. And if you go against that point of view, you will be uh, penalized, which now creates the same, same problem we all have, why we don't trust the FBI, the DOJ, our politicians, our medical people. We've just come through a huge, huge life-changing event of the pandemic where we found half-truths, lies, repeated lies about the virus and what affected the virus and how to get better from the virus and what helps you from the virus and what's dangerous about the virus. We were, we were told a story that followed the science. Well, as long as the science, again, followed what the people in power wanted you to know, that's what you were told. And if you believe anything different, people were shut down. People were arrested going to their businesses because they wanted to run their businesses and they were arrested because the powers that be said, no, you're shut down, you will not, right? So all of this, you see these symptoms, all of these symptoms and the crime that's now running rampant is part of that, um, that entire mindset of what brought us to where we are, confusion, lies, trying to create chaos. I mean, what, what do we see? If you were just somebody who, say you lived in 1958, you lived in America in 1958, and you were in a coma for all these years, and now you wake up, and you looked around at the world, you would say, wow, um, what's going on here? What happened to my country? Well, wow, some of the, the mores, some of the ways we treat each other have certainly changed 
wow, I didn't think those changes would ever come. But they have. Look at that. Look at the different interactions between people. Look at the different treatment of women in America. Look at, look at how America functions. And then you'd go, put the brakes on. What? Why? Why? Why does America not trust her institutions? How come? How come nobody trusts nobody trusts the, the the FBI, the greatest law enforcement agency in the world, the Department of Justice, the symbol of justice around the world? Wow, uh, doctors, doctors. Gee, when I went to sleep, they were coming up with cures for all kinds of things. Doctors were the greatest. And now you can't trust doctors? You can't trust anybody. Well, politicians were always a little squirrely, but you know, you could count on them to do the right thing for America. What is going on? And the crime. I can't believe that we allow the crime that goes on. A board, what border? I'm told we don't have a border anymore. What happened to our border? People could just come here and we give them things? And, and it doesn't matter what happens to the citizens? Are you mean to tell me that there are veterans of the United States military that are living on the streets who have nothing and we allow people to come in from all over the world? Even America's enemies are allowed in and we give them things. We put them in luxury hotels, but our veterans are rotting in the streets? What happened to this country? That's what you would say. If you were from the, the past and you just woke up now, you wouldn't believe the, the anarchy that we're allowing to take place. And of course, what I tell you all the time, and this is what we all, I think people, especially people who are listening here, we understand the realities about what we're told from media, government entities, um, individuals are, are based on not the truth anymore. It's based on what they want you to know. It's the narrative. What is the narrative? And we'll make the facts fit the narrative. What we've added now in this modern world is not only will we make the facts fit the narrative, we will penalize people who don't accept the narrative. We will cancel them, ruin their careers, shame them, cause them turmoil. We'll attack them physically if they don't follow the narrative that we decide is correct. That's really the big difference in the world that has changed, that we live with today. And that is the reason for the confusion. That is the reason for the confusion and the fact that we basically don't know up from down anymore. You know, it was funny. Years ago, as a detective, we had a, uh, a new leader come into the detective bureau. And he was not a, not a very intelligent man. He was not a very good law enforcement officer. He was politically connected, you know, and all of his, everything about him was propaganda. You know, he told you he was the greatest cop in the world, but his record kind of showed you, no, he really wasn't. He told you he was the smartest guy in the world. And his record told you he really wasn't. He told you he could handle any situation. And then in a stressful situation, he lost his mind. I mean, he was completely unglued. But the narrative was 
he was the greatest. And if you didn't go along with his narrative that he was the best and he knew everything and you did not, he would say, well, I have authority to throw you out of this detective bureau. So my partner Chuck and I, we used to call this living in bizarro world. Because in Bizarro World, which is a reference to the uh, Superman comics, Bizarro World was a world that was opposite of the one we lived in. Up was down. Good was bad. Right was left. Left was right. In was out. Bizarro land. Well, that's where we're living now. We're living in Bizarro land. The truth is not accepted unless it meets the narrative. The truth is to be subjugated to the narrative or the better good. This is no way to run a country. This is no way to run your life. This is no way to do anything. And the other big thing that we've taken out of this modern world with all this confusion, we have taken God out of the equation. Now, God, I guess we can look at it a couple ways. Me, I see God as real. I see God all around me. I see God all around me. I see God in the world, in my children's smiles, in the love I feel. I see God in the stars. I see God in the fact that there's life on this rock floating in the middle of nowhere. I see God in the compassion one person has for another. I see God in the faith of others. And I believe God is there. So that's one way to look at it, that there is a God. Number two, maybe you've got a wishy-washy kind of a faith. You know, you're a spiritual person. And I don't mean to make fun of people who say that, but I, I often find people that say they're spiritual is because they really don't want to follow any tenets of a particular thing. So they're very spiritual. They believe there's more going on uh, than just us. But, uh, you know, not enough for me to follow rules and for me to live a certain way, you know. And I, and I get that. That's, you know, to each his own. Who am I to say, right? So there's the faithful way. There's the kind of a spiritual way to see that there's a, a you know something more than just us. Maybe it's not a god, but maybe it's you know nature. Uh, and then we have people who don't believe in God at all, but they don't like the tenets of religion that that kind of dictate how we should treat each other, what we should do with each other, what we should how we should view government, how we should view God as the highest power. And doing what's right is the most important thing. That true justice means true justice for everyone. Right? There, this is, this is um, dangerous to people who want to have power over you. Which is why in every socialist and communist nation, uh, when, they, when they get to the point of uh, dictatorship, tyrannical leadership, one of the first things they do, one of the first two things they do, is they get rid of God. They make God illegal church illegal the state is god and number two they go after your guns so that you can't fight back even if president biden says you need f-16s to fight back against us uh the reality is you want to disarm your people do we see any of that going on yes god has been relegated to a backseat a place of uh, non-importance a place of myth a place of you're weak of mind. You know, when you cling to your God and your guns, I mean, there's there's the perfect uh, conversation right there from Barack Obama, making fun of people who cling to their God and their guns. And and you can see where we've, we've removed that. He has fundamentally, 
him and his party have fundamentally changed America. And it's not for the better. Open your eyes and look around you. We'll be back in a minute. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Out loud. Hey everyone, Nurse Kimberly Overton here from Nurses Out Loud. Over time, our cell signaling molecules diminished, leaving us vulnerable to the wear and tear of life. With the Sea of Redox, you can restore and revitalize your body at the cellular level. This is an incredible product that I personally use and can attest to seeing fantastic results, including better sleep, increased energy, improved mood, and a decrease in my joint pain. ASEA supports your immune system, enhancing your body's natural ability to repair itself. It promotes overall well-being so that you can experience a new level of vitality and resilience. It's time to take control of your health and experience the power of ASEA. Visit our online store today at americaoutloud.shop and use promo code OUTLOUD to save 15%. Be sure to tune in to Nurses Out Loud Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Changing the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. All right, welcome back. So in our first part of our little get-together here, we went through some understandings of why we see such chaos and confusion and difficulty in our nation today. Uh, one of the things that I think I ended on there was the, you know, when you when you remove, when you remove God, which is, I guess, different ways to look at, at, at God, and I, and I tried to explain that. But when you look at God as uh, a an entity that tells us how to interact, and there are rules to interaction, there are ways to treat each other, and God and the tenets of religion often inform us of those things and for centuries and centuries and centuries our people have been ruled for the good and the bad by the misuse of religious tenets i think the tenets of religion are good uh, it's people interpreting them that make them bad just like we see laws laws are good and they can be interpreted badly and that creates a problem so this entire 
cacophony is meant to do something. See, we always look at face value. We look at face value. It's good to feed the poor. Well, I think everybody can agree with that. If someone is poor and they don't have food, you help them and you give them food. So we would all agree on that. Not only that, it pulls on us emotionally. The idea of someone who's poor doesn't have food. They don't have shelter. That's, that, that pulls on your heartstrings and you think we should do something. Well, back in the day, we the people would do something. We would gather clothes. We would help people to find a place to live. The church would step in. We would give people food. We would help them out. In the modern world, we say, somebody should do something about that. Government should do something about that. And then government steps in and says, hey, you're right. We are in charge of the general welfare. We should try and help people. But we can also use this as a way to garner power. So if you want us to help people, we have to uh, get more taxes because then we have to have people in charge of giving out the largesse and we have to and it creates it creates more difficulties. So my purpose of saying this is to understand that these things are used as a way to control us. They use our good thoughts and our feelings to try and control us, to gain more power. It's a subterfuge, right? That's why our friends on the left the good and decent people who are progressives on the left. And I think that's most of them. Uh, there's people in my family, friends of mine, that are progressive liberals. And they're good people. Their hearts are very wide open. They love everybody. And that's good. And they want the best for everyone. And so do I. The difference is in how you go about doing that. See, they are easily preyed upon by these messages, uh, by these subterfuges that prey on their, their good thoughts, their good hearts, and don't realize that there's something going on behind that. Now that leads me to the next thing. Uh, Dan Bongino, uh, he's a former Secret Service guy. He's on uh, Fox News. Dan Bongino is, is talking a lot lately about the reality that there's evil, evil in the world. Well, the people that have taken away God, because God uh, wants to uh, provide standards of how we treat each other, things that we should do, and f forces people to not engage in behaviors maybe they want to, well, evil wants us to engage in all those behaviors. And the same people that tell you there is no God will tell you there's no such thing as evil. It's just what I want to do, or what I think is right, or how I want to behave. Well, in the absence of good, there is evil because I strongly believe there is good and there is evil. I've seen it in my life. We have all seen examples of that. We all know someone who is evil. They are a bad person. They do bad things to people. You know, we see this every day on the news. We see it in our own lives. We know people who are like this. So, therefore, I, I am not going to... Uh, discount the reality of God, because I felt God's presence in my own life, real on-the-ground examples. I also understand the concept of God, and I understand the tenets of religion and their purpose. Well, just like, part of that is to understand evil. So when Bongino talks about evil, 
it's because this is what's running rampant now in our society. Because if things are out of control, see, this is the subterfuge, what's underneath here, is the desire for power is not like the desire for love. And you can see the two against each other. The desire for love is a godlike quality. The desire for power is an evil power. It's an evil desire, right? I want to be in charge of this whole thing because then I, you know, this and that and the other thing. As opposed to, I'm going to run for office because I think I have the skill set and the thought processes and whatnot to do what's right, to do what's good for people in my community. That's a good thing. I want to do this and you know what I'll do? I'll take money from foreign governments. I can get rich. I can enhance my family's position. I can have a cake job where I complain I have to work so hard in the Senate or the Congress. I have to work so hard and I end up a multimillionaire. That's evil. That's bad. Right? So I think we see the, the, uh, the two positions and how they come out in our society. So when we look at all this confusion, we say, what is the purpose behind it? Well, if there's lawlessness in the streets, then you have to go and protect people from lawlessness and from violence and from evil. When you choose not to do that, you are allowing that to grow. Now, this is a, a process that we have talked about many, many, many times here. And I, and I hope, I, you know, it's one of those things they tell you, you got to tell people things three times before they get it. And I don't mean you, the regular listeners here, and people, the people that are in their basement, their underwear, taking notes about what I'm saying so they can write letters to different people that know me. Um, could you believe that uh, Lieutenant Bankara believes that there's a God and that there's evil and that, you know, blah, 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 you know, this kind of nonsense? Those people I'm trying to give information to so that they think about it. Not that they listen to me, but that they think about it and try and see the truths in what I'm saying. I am open to find out that I said something that's not truthful, right? I think a couple episodes ago, I gave a statistic that was incorrect. I found out it was incorrect and I came I said, hey, I'm sorry. I made a mistake, right? I corrected. I want to be correct. I don't want to just win an argument. So I think truth will help you win. So when I look at all of this concophony, and what's its purpose? Its purpose is to use subterfuge, good feelings, decency to gain power and control over us. So let's look at the immigration issue. We have immigration laws, like just about every country in the world has immigration laws. How do you let people come to your country, to your nation, into your family, so to speak, and become a part of that? Well, for most nations in the world, common sense nations, they say, okay, let's see. First of all, do we need that? Do we need that? Because there's two parts of this. Do we need to have people come in and join us? Right? So there can be a time that that's true. In America, I think that's true. Historically, it's been true. We need people to, to uh, come to our country and become part of our nation and add value for all of us. See, that's the part that's missing now. And you say to yourself, why would you just open your borders and let millions of people pour over your borders that, number one, you don't know what, what, are the, what good are they going to bring to the rest of us? How are they going to join our family and be a positive player? Well, what we're told over and over and over again is that illegal immigration is good. Bringing in as many people as possible is good. It creates a great economy. Well, do we see that to be true in places like New York, 
and these other sanctuary cities where they're now screaming, we, we, we can't take anymore. We can't do this. We can't afford this. Don't send these people here. Well, how come? You think it would make that city, state, 10 times richer? Because that's what you told us. See, so that was a subterfuge. That was using good feelings about, it's only right. These people need to come here. They're persecuted at home. Well, some of them are. And if they meet the criterion, then they should be allowed in. We have an understanding. If you're being murdered at your, in your home country because of your beliefs, your freedom, your religion, then we have a place for you to come here. We can be a refuge for you. If you just don't like your economy or your form of government, or you have no skills, you don't have the a climate we have here, well, I get you want to come here, but you can't just walk over the border. You don't just walk into your neighbor's house because they have a nicer house than you. Now, we all understand that in reality, but the good feeling is we just want to help people. They just want good people. They want to come here for a better life. But when they get here, are they making a better life for themselves? Are they making a better life for the people who are already here? These are the judgments we have to make and make a determination. How many people can we let in at a time? Who can we let in? What skill sets do we need in our country to come in to make it better for everyone? the migrant, and the people who are already living here. And then once they're here, they become part of the family of America. That's a good thing. We can't just throw open the border. So why would they do that? And why would they tell you? Why would they go down there during the last um, presidential run, during when Trump was a president, and you saw all these progressive left-wing politicians down there crying and snotting themselves and cursing Trump because look at the way, they, the way they're treating these people. Look what they're doing. He hates people. He just hates these people. And now that the progressives are in charge and things are a thousand times worse at the border, the people are being brutalized, raped, uh, victimized the whole way getting here. They have to pay that. The cartels are getting rich using that money for all kinds of nefarious things. You can't find a liberal to go down to that border. You would have to drag them kicking and screaming because they don't want to see the truth. They don't want to see the truth. They want the subterfuge. You have Vice President Kamala Harris is the, is the border czar. She's in charge of the border. How come she's not down there every single day with a fortified trailer to use as a local base and solve that problem? That's your job. You are the border czar. You are there to take care of that situation. She hasn't been there. She was a couple hundred miles away in El Paso. She didn't. She's not down on that border. Where is AOC snotting herself in front of the cameras? Look what's going on down here. The victims. How come we don't see that? These are the clues that we're being played, right? And that's what's happening. We all understand people want to come here for a better life. That's understand we would all do the same thing. That doesn't mean we can just do it, right? It means we have to have rules in place. So all of these things that our friends on the left are trying to do, the lawlessness is to put you into control because then you need them to do You're going to see eventually there's going to be something, you know? Oh, well, all the guns, you see the guns, the guns, the guns, the guns, the guns. Well, who, who's got the guns? The criminals have the guns. They're victimizing people. So what do we do? Well, the common sense right thing to do would be go after the criminals with a vengeance. But we, do we do that? No, we do not. What do we do? We stop arresting them. 
And if we arrest criminals, we don't hold them in jail. And if we do put them in jail, we have sympathetic prosecutors who think they shouldn't be held accountable for what they do, and we let them back out. And what does a person prone to crime do when there's no punishment for their behavior? Do they go home and go, wow, I should be a good person and go help the poor, and I should go help the old lady that's standing on the subway platform trying to get to the store so she can get a, get a dinner for her family. I should go help her. No, they don't do that. What do they do? They go out and they victimize people more. This is the reality that we're kept from. Listen to the news reports. Listen to the news reports about the violence and the uh, mass looting and stealing and robbing that we're seeing going on in all these stores. These are youths that are frustrated with the criminal justice system. So going to Lululemon's or Apple store and stealing an iPad or stealing a pair of uh, workout pants, somehow or other that's going to make the system more just, that's going to make it more fair. No, but those are excuses that are made. They're just youths. They're, they're kids that don't really understand. They're kids who are just reacting to injustice in their lives. We're not doing anyone any good, including those youthful offenders, by allowing them to just continue to act in that manner. All it does is reinforce negative behaviors, and they're going to end up getting hurt, getting killed, or getting put in prison for doing something really bad, like the 14th or 15th time, of course. But their, their life is going to lead to ruin. When we take away the restrictions on human behavior that are negative... That is, not, uh, that is not forcing people to live a certain way. It's allowing everyone else to live freely. So I have talked many times um, about human nature. Now, human nature uh, is something I had to deal with. As a, as a criminal investigator, one of the things you have to understand is who is the perpetrator, who is the person that committed this crime, and why did they commit it? Well, we learn a lot about the person by, number one, the crime that they commit, the manner in which they commit it, and the things that they do to the victim. So when I, I talked earlier about the man walking through an alley, not bothering anybody, didn't shoot anybody, didn't illegally search someone, just a man walking up an alley. And he was set upon by two uh, very violent, dangerous men who pummeled him and robbed him. What's the excuse for that? Did, he need, did they need diapers for their babies? Were they, were, did they need food to feed their children and they had no other recourse but then to pummel this man to the ground almost to kill him to take his stuff? No. They were evil. They were acting in, with evil intent and they hurt another person. So this is what human nature teaches us. And I, I look at those things as a criminal investigator to help me determine um, the method of the crime the modus operandi, the reason, and then try and stop it. So our society now has taken off the restrictions on negative behavior under the false pretenses that the system is so unfair that it's better to let people just go out and do what they want, rape, rob, murder, steal, assault, whatever it is that they're doing, it's better to let them do that than have this evil system come after them. Well, I guess the only reality to any of that would be if innocent people 
were caught up in that. And you know what? We had a rape. Uh, we don't. We can't find the rapist, so we're going to arrest this guy because we just don't like this guy. So we're going to arrest him and put him in jail. Then I'd say, boy, that's that system is bad. That system is bad. Uh, we, we can't abide by that. That's not fair or just to anyone. But that's not the system we have. That's not the system we have. Are people arrested inappropriately? Yes, they are sometimes. Are they arrested based on probable cause that's wrong? They are. And many times we see that coming out in court. I am a huge proponent of DNA analysis because I have seen many, many people who were convicted of crimes prior to DNA that were cleared years later. After spending years in prison, they were cleared by DNA evidence years later. I am a huge proponent and fan of that because you know what? Mistakes can be made. Mistakes are made all the time. But we have two choices when it comes to criminal justice. The fact that mistakes are made, we then just don't charge anyone. We let everybody do what they want so that we don't get some innocent people. Or we try and do a better job to make sure we don't snare up innocent people. Right? So DNA is a very, very good thing. It's one of the ways that we can use science to help us. Right? So all of this is leading somewhere, my friends. As I continue to look at our society and I see this mess that's going on, we see the, the loss of faith in our, our institutions. We see the loss of faith, faith in each other. We, we, we are at each other's throats. There's a reason behind all this. It's to, it's to as Barack Obama told us, to fundamentally change America from the vision of our, our founding fathers that gave us 200 and something years of uh, prosperity, growth, change, uh, and leadership of the world and becoming a beacon of freedom for the world, while at the same time healing our sins of the past, growing as people to be better, to be more tolerant, to understand each other better, to move through the thoughts of humanity that we're all prone to, to see, well, there's a new truth, there's a new reality here, and we have to change. That's what America's been doing. Barack Obama, when he came in and he said that, I am here to fundamentally change America. Well, he had his eight years. He fundamentally changed. He put in place the change for fundamental change. And he played on people's fears. And he played on lots of different subterfuges. And a lot of people believed it. Then we see the continuation of this through uh, the, the change in the, the way the media and everybody realized, uh-oh, a guy like Trump comes along. He's an anomaly. How did he get in here? Well, Trump was chosen by the majority of Americans because he was different. Yes, he says nasty things. Yes, he does. Yes, he's, uh, he's inappropriate sometimes. But the things he was saying about how the country should be, how we should treat each other, what we should be as a nation, rung a bell. And people said, yeah, you're right. What we're doing is, is not correct. And then it shows you the power of media and lies and evil when you change the narrative and you attack using power to attack. So we see right now our Republican friends in the Congress who have a slim majority and they're fist fighting with each other over the points of view that are going on. Meantime, our Democrat friends are in lockstep 
as they always are. They have a progressive mission and they're going towards it. If they have an argument, it's internal. It doesn't come out and they do what they're told. These Republicans, we have we have solid rock-ribbed conservative Republicans. We got rhinos that are really Democrats, but they want to say they're Republican because that's how they can get elected. And they're fist fighting with each other left and right to the point they're going to lose power again. What they should do is they should all figure out what is it we need to have happen. Number one, we have to undo everything Nancy Pelosi and her Congress did. So therefore, whatever it means, we're going to vote for that. Whatever it means, we're going to vote for whatever change we can do to undo everything she did and uh, in the past. Well, they're not doing that. They can't, well, I don't know if I vote to, if I t- to take away money from these programs or the things she set up, then people are going to not like me and they're going to throw me out of office. Who the hell cares if they throw you out of office? Do what is right. Stand up for the people that sent you there. Stand up for America. Stand up for truth. Stand up for justice. Stand up for the American way. That's what you should do. And if people throw you out for that, then you know what? People get what they vote for. So we're going around and round and round here. And I, I think the, the tie-up I'm trying to do is to realize that the situation we're in is not by accident. The lies that we're being told are purposeful and they're abundant and they're everywhere. Another thing I saw uh, on X, formerly Twitter, uh, was a document that was brought out by uh, Veritas, uh, James O'Keefe. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, up front, I don't know, I'm told that this document has been out for a while, but it's not been in the mainstream media. It's not out there. It's from the CDC. That in April of 2020, April of 2020, what was happening in April of 2020? Oh, the whole world was shutting down because of the virus. And there were doctors, professional doctors, very qualified doctors, that came out and said, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin will fight the coronavirus and will save lives. And they were shut down. You couldn't buy it. It's illegal to buy it in most states. You can't buy those drugs. You can't have them. Your doctor says you should have them, but the government said no because there was a bigger picture going on. They came up with an emergency use authorization for the mRNA virus uh, vaccines. And if there was another treatment for them, then they couldn't have their emergency use. So therefore, nothing else was allowed. So you have to say, well, then the, the vaccine had to be absolutely fantastic. And what were we told about it? It will prevent you from getting COVID. Because at the time, lots of people were dying. It'll prevent you from getting COVID. It'll prevent you from spreading COVID. And you say, wow, um, if, it, if it'll do that, um, that would be the right thing. But, but this is so fast. I don't know. And other people are stepping up saying, um, it could be dangerous. It might not be right. We have to go slower on this. But what was involved? Big pharma and millions and billions and billions of dollars. And therefore, ivermectin was vilified and called uh, horse medicine when actually it won awards for saving humans' lives. It's been used for years and years and years. Hydroxychloroquine has been used for years and years and years. It'll give you heart attacks. It'll give you heart attacks. It'll give you heart attacks. You can't use it for this. In the meantime, this uh, Freedom of Information Act from James O'Keefe and Veritas shows a document that shows as early as April of 2020, probably 15 days after we shut down, uh, they found that hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin actually are a curative 
for COVID-19. They actually cure you of the disease. They prevent it. They are good medicines to use, but we were told you can't have them. They'll kill you. They're bad. All you can have is the vaccine and you better take it or you'll get fired. You can't open your business. You can't go to school. You'll take the vaccine. Now, now that we know these facts, was it a godly thing to prevent people from taking medicine that their doctor wanted to give them that they knew would work? And I'll tell you, you know how I know it would work? I had COVID twice. And we had doctors in Florida where Governor DeSantis said, yeah, you can sell that drug. You can prescribe that drug. And we had doctors in Florida who sent us the medicine, me and my wife. And we both got COVID twice. And we took ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. And we knocked it out of us in two days. We were better. Twice that happened. So I know, just like Joe Rogan, that it really does work. And it did work. And these people knew it as well. But they told you you couldn't have it. Was that godly or was that evil? Why not just say, if your doctor wants to give it to you, okay, that's that's your doctor, right? Don't we say, just be between a patient and their doctor. Patient and their doctor should have, nobody should have nothing to say. Isn't that, isn't that a big scream on the left? Well, how come they couldn't let the doctor prescribe it for you? And if it didn't work, it didn't work. Because they had the emergency authorization for the vaccines and they couldn't have that if they had other treatments. So therefore the other treatments were banned. I would say that's not a godly thing. I would say that was an evil thing to control you. So that's really the whole story of our little get together today, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as we move forward here. Um, this confusion, this chaos in our society, this turmoil that's going on all has a purpose. And it is to fundamentally change America into something we will not recognize. This is the fate of most people that have ever lived in the world. Eventually, this kind of tyranny, this evil, comes home to roost. It's up to us to fight it. And how do we fight it? We vote. We won't worry about arguing with each other. We know what's right. We know what America should stand for. We know how to love each other. We should go out and stand up for America. Be loud and proud and don't let them shout you down. It's only your future and your children and grandchildren's future that are left uh, to be destroyed. So think about that. And remember, be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. We will see you down the road.